what I've come to love about the physician Luke is the depth of his experience supplemented by extensive research in reporting the events of Acts. For two full years, the power of God Almighty was made manifest in the city of Ephesus. As Luke writes in Acts chapter 19, verses 11 and 12, God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that handkerchiefs or aprons were even carried from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out. The weapon chosen by the Lord was one man. Not only Paul's mind, body, and spirit, but even articles of cloth associated with the man. God's message was as loud as it was clear. Three key aspects are evident from Luke's single paragraph description. First, God is placed in his appropriate realm of omniscient glory. Second, the miracles themselves establish the source of healing, physical and spiritual. The last point is certainly not the least. God uses whomever or whatever he desires to achieve his purposes to maximum effect. Paul is definitely not the focus here. He would be the first to make this plain, and did. In 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, verses 13 through 17, Paul writes, Has Christ been divided? Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you, except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one would say you were baptized in my name. Now, I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized any other. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not in cleverness of speech, so that the cross of Christ would not be made void. Paul obviously knew that the name of Jesus Christ had to be known as the source of any ability that might be mistakenly attributed to himself. For those who would take advantage of the signs and wonders performed by God, this knowledge would prove elusive. Luke continues in chapter 19, beginning in verse 13. But also some of the Jewish exorcists who went from place to place attempted to name over those who had the evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. 
seven sons of one Siva. A Jewish chief priest were doing this. The only power being exercised by the sons of Siva was their own. It is highly unlikely that the exorcists believed that Jesus of Nazareth was Messiah. The only use they had for the name was fraud. In their minds, they sought to drive evil spirits from gullible, insane people. They thought the mentally ill could be convinced of their cure as easily as they deluded themselves of their illnesses. God obviously knew the truth and designed to prove it by using the charlatans themselves. And the evil spirit answered and said to them, I recognize Jesus, and I know about Paul, but who are you? Evil spirits had met Jesus face to face before and knew very well with whom they were dealing. In Mark, the first chapter, beginning in verse 23, just then there was a man in their synagogue with an unseen, unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, What business do we have with each other, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him, throwing him into convulsions the unclean spirit cried out with a loud voice and came out of him. They were all amazed, so that they debated among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Also in Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 26, then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. And when he came out onto the land, he was met by a man from the city who was possessed with demons and who had not put on any clothing for a long time and was not living in a house, but in the tombs. Seeing Jesus he cried out and fell before him and said in a loud voice, What business do we have with each other, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. And yes, the forces of darkness recognized the Apostle Paul for his role in spreading the gospel not only to the Jewish people, but to the Gentile nations as well from Acts chapter 13, beginning in verse 6. When they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, they found a magician, a Jewish false prophet, whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence. This man summoned Barnabas and Saul 
and sought to hear the word of God. But Elemas, the magician, for so his name is translated, was opposing them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who was also known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, fixed his gaze on him and said, You who are full of all deceit and fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease to make crooked the straight ways of the Lord? Now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and not see the sun for a time. And immediately a mist and a darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking those who would lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had happened, being amazed at the teaching of the Lord. Then in Acts 14, beginning in verse 1, in Iconium, they entered the synagogue of the Jews together and spoke in such a manner that a large number of people believed, both of Jews and of Greeks. But the Jews who disbelieved stirred up the minds of the Gentiles and embittered them against the brethren. Therefore, they spent a long time there speaking boldly with reliance upon the Lord who was testifying to the word of his grace, granting that signs and wonders be done by their hands. Later, in Acts 14, beginning in verse 8, at Lystra, a man was sitting who had no strength in his feet, lame from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man was listening to Paul as he spoke, who, when he had fixed his gaze on him and had seen that he had faith to be made well, said with a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet. And he leaped up and began to walk. In Acts 16, beginning in verse 16, it happened that as we were going to the place of prayer, a slave girl, having a spirit of divination, met us, who was bringing her master such profit by fortune-telling. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out, saying, These men are bondservants of the Most High God, who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. She continued doing this for many days, but Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that very moment. Paul and Barnabas even defended their ministry to the Gentiles in front of the Jerusalem council by citing the signs and wonders performed throughout that ministry. So, the sons of Siva were both unknown to the spirits and unarmed. That is, 
they had none of the armor nor weaponry Paul himself would describe later in his letter to the Ephesians. The consequences were real, severe, and immediate in Acts 19.16. And the man, in whom was the evil spirit, leaped on them and subdued all of them and overpowered them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. You see, God uses whatever and whomever he chooses to advance his plans. Beginning, continuing in 17, this became known to all, both Jews and Greeks, who lived in Ephesus, and fear fell upon them all. And the Lord, and the name of the Lord Jesus was being magnified. Many also of those who had believed kept coming, confessing, and disclosing their practices. Apparently, in ancient Ephesus, news such as this moved quickly and pervasively. Not only did the Jewish community get the message, but the Gentiles received the word. Perhaps most significantly, even the existing church was shaken by this single event. Whatever misconceptions that had infected the fledgling Christian community were quickly dispelled, not by Paul, but by God Almighty. Once again, the repercussions were real, effective, and immediate in Acts 19.19. And many of those who practice magic brought their books together and began burning them in the sight of everyone. And they counted up the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. Luke's details here are remarkable. Not only was the practice of magic completely and definitively abolished from Ephesus, but a monetary value was described, emphasizing the shattering effects of the incident. The importance of the stronghold of Ephesus to God's holy purpose should not be overlooked. As the physician described it in Acts 19.20, so the word of the Lord was growing mightily and prevailing. For now, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.